All right, welcome to the White Collar Crimes Podcast, a podcast where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host, and this is not a regularly scheduled podcast as we usually have our episodes that come out on Tuesday. As I mentioned on the last one, we would not have one on the November 22nd normally scheduled time due to the Thanksgiving holiday, but this is a special breaking bonus coverage episode and it is on the FTX cryptocurrency scandal that I'm sure you all have seen developing in the news and this looks like this has the potential to be the largest or certainly one of the largest white collar crime scandals in our time right now. And the man behind this scan, scam is a man by the name of Sam Blankman Freed and a lot's coming out on him you know some people already kind of knew who he was. He was hailed by the media, and I think Jim Cramer, the financial guru, was, you know, this uh, mega whiz kid, you know, genius. And uh, he done quite well for himself with it. He is the founder of FTX. It's a cryptocurrency. It's based in the Bahamas. And up until recently, when it went belly up, uh, some had reported it was the third largest uh cryptocurrency out there, you know, which is pretty impressive. And, you know, it's something that's kind of come in the forefront in the last few years. Uh, Wife and I, we've invested a little bit in it, not a lot, Uh, still a little leery and skeptical about a lot of it. And it did really well for a while there, cryptocurrency was. And if I remember right, Bitcoin got up to as high as about $66,000 a pop or something. And uh, it's bottomed out significantly since then. And most cryptocurrencies now are really struggling to keep afloat. And uh, this probably certainly will not help. But it had done quite well. What we're finding out about Mr. Blankman Freed, he was born in Stanford to a middle-class Jewish family of academics. In fact, both of his parents are law professors at Stanford University. And he himself was, uh, you know, of a solid academic background, went to MIT, graduated with a degree in physics, but probably wasn't exciting for him to pursue a career in that. And he kind of got into trading, uh, particularly specializing in ETFs, which, you know, are kind of similar to mutual funds. And he would later move to Hong Kong, and in 2019 at this time, he also launched FTX and did quite well. In fact, uh, he's been reported his net worth until this is all imploded lately is up to, I believe, $16 billion with a B. You know, for a guy that's about 30 years old, that's that's quite impressive, you know. Um, but he moved to Hong Kong and then launched this around that time, and as I said, did... Uh, quite well with it and he's done quite well with the money he's made uh, making political connections with it he is a huge donor to the democrat party in fact it's being reported that next to george soros who in my opinion is another snake uh he's donated about 30 billion i mean not he is the second largest uh, donor to the democrat party of any body out there and As we're finding out, uh, a lot of these donations have come with investor funds, making this a Ponzi scheme. In fact, in 2020, he donated over $5 million to different political action committees, which in turn donated this money to Joe Biden. And to be fair, both sides 
do this. Uh, political action committees exist for Democrats and Republicans, and you know people will donate. You know these wealth because you know most uh, under federal and state laws, there's restrictions on how much an individual can donate to a political party candidate in one lump sum. So. Uh, this doesn't exist generally for political action committees, so people can just donate this money to the political action committees, which is in turn laundered and channeled and funneled over to that political candidate. Again, both sides do this. Um, that's why, you know, for a long time, a lot have been screaming for campaign finance reform here in the United States. But uh, as of right now, that really doesn't exist much, and the big donors have a huge advantage over the smaller ones in this country. And he certainly played it well. Um, he did donate to a handful of Republicans, among those uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, Senator Mitt Romney of Utah, and uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. But uh, I believe it was reported uh, about 99-plus percent of his donations have gone to Democrat candidates. And he stated recently he planned to donate, quote, north of $100 million dollars towards the 2024 presidential campaign, which will be upon us before you know it, folks. Uh, you know, as soon as, you know, this coming uh, summer, the activity will kick into high gear. And, you know, right after the new year in 2024, the primaries will start in Iowa and New Hampshire and places like that. And it's hard to believe, but we're just really literally over a year from the next presidential campaign kicking off. It seems like the one we had just got over, but here it is, and it is going to be kicking off. Um, and as I said, he is the second largest donator to the Democrat Party next to George Soros. But where did he get the money for the donations, as I said just a second ago? From his investors, of course, which that's not what a lot of these people wanted to invest in, I'm sure. You know, they thought they were investing in cryptocurrency, not have this money channeled to, you know, his uh, political candidates and, uh, you know, his political party of choice. And it's also possibly been aided by the Ukrainian government. We're finding more out as that's going on, is how much of this money uh, that the Ukrainian government invested in got laundered back to Democrat Party candidates. So we're waiting to see. I'm you know, not going to comment a whole lot on that at this point because we're kind of waiting to see what's going to come out with that. But it's certainly looking like there are ties from the Ukrainian government in this scandal as well. We will wait and see how that plays out. Now... As I said, Mr. Blankman's lived pretty well for himself, uh, supposedly living in with his girlfriend and a bunch of other people. I don't know if it's some kind of a hippie commune or something like that, but living in a $240 million penthouse in the Bahamas. I mean, $240 million home. That just staggers the mind, I think, for most of us to think of living in something on that kind of scale. But uh, almost overnight, his net worth is gone went from $16 billion to now being reported as zero, a net worth of zero. So if you are listening to this, you have a higher net worth right now than Sam Blankman Freed. Congratulations. You are now better off financially than a guy who up until now has been living in a $240 million mansion. So justice uh, may come pretty quickly for him here. We'll have to wait and see, but that's how fast things can turn around and uh, you know how quickly your fortune can go away on this. So uh, we'll uh, see what happens from here on out. Is FTX has been forced and filed into bankruptcy. Now that's you know causing problems for the investors, obviously, and people that trusted him, and maybe some of the people who helped him get this going. 
But uh, he's now said this was, quote, the biggest mistake of his life, and he's trying to rally around and maybe stave off that bankruptcy, I don't know, or try to recover some of the money for some of the investors because, again, you know, this is when Ponzi schemes collapse. You know, we explain this over and over because it's one of the most common, if not the most common type of white-collar crime. And, you know, as long as you have new money coming in and new investors, you can, you know, keep it for yourself or funnel it to your favorite causes like he did. But eventually, you know, when people start asking for that money back and you don't have it, and then when you have no new people coming in, that's when the it collapses, you know, just like a house of cards. It crumbles and then you, uh, and, you know, folds and you don't have your, your scandal anymore, your scam. It collapses and that's what happens to Ponzi schemes. And, you know, they, every one of them from Bernie Madoff, the biggest one ever at this point, we'll see how this one plays out. Or to, uh, you know, much smaller scale ones that we've covered on this podcast. And again, it is early to tell, but it is being compared to Enron, which up until this date is probably, you know, for those of us alive and listening to this podcast, uh, you know, is up there. You know, maybe, again, the only exception being a larger one was Bernie Madoff. I think his scam was reported to have been around $65 billion with a B. You know, of course, Enron, when you're talking a corporation scam, it's, you know, and that's what we're talking about here kind of too with FTX, but it's uh, it's up there with the biggest scam is that. And, you know, Enron was huge. Most of us, you know, that are old enough to remember it happening, remember how, you know, that caught everybody off guard at the time and what everybody thought was this gigantic, you know, energy company was uh, literally fictional and, you know, truly did not exist. But that's what it's being compared to at this time but again who's going to be hurt the most kind of like with enron the employees and the investors that's who gets hurt in these types of situations and employees i mean the you know the rank and file more type employees not so much the founders and the executives and the top people but in situations like this it's always usually the you know smaller investors and people like that that end up getting hurt in these uh type of scams and you know a lot of people tied a lot of money in this which you know, I even if something like this can seem like the next best thing, I you know I and my wife don't follow that practice, and I would caution anybody listening to this podcast to be careful to always you know quote put your eggs in one basket, all of your eggs in one basket because you know this is the kind of thing that can happen, and you know I think it's good just to spread your money out in a variety of different type of investments. You know, diversity and diversifying is the key in, in investing. I think because. You know, uh, when one thing doesn't do well, something else can. Um, you know, I'm not certainly qualified to give anybody investment advice, but uh, I just think that's a good practice to have something, especially, you know, I've been telling people for years, uh, you know, long before inflation hit, that it would be good to have some investments in precious metals to offset that inflation. And, you know, looks like that was a good good idea. But again, I'm certainly not one to do, you know, investment advice, but I personally would not ever tie everything I had up into one investment, especially something like cryptocurrency that's really kind of a new thing and we really don't know a whole lot of where it's really going and how safe and secure it is. You know, at least if you invest in real estate or precious metals or something like that, you have a physical asset that you can hold and, you know, and take care of there and display and, you know, submit to uh, cash in if you need to. But with cryptocurrency, with everything being digital and nothing physical, it can literally just be wiped out in an instant like what happened here. So, you know, advice would be, you know, invest with caution. Certainly invest and talk to your, you know, investment advisors and people like that that you trust. But, uh, you know, again, 
I, I'm kind of really just shaking my head that people are still tying everything they have into one uh, long shot like something like this. But nonetheless, it's uh, that is what happened for some people, unfortunately, on that. But there have been some celebrities that have been impacted by this as well, namely people who were involved in, you know, kind of promoting and advertising for FTX. Uh, among those are the legendary quarterback Tom Brady, the current Tom uh, quarterback for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Stephon Curry, the basketball player. Uh, Larry David, the Seinfeld creator, I think has been named in some of these lawsuits too, although some are reporting that he has done just the opposite, that he didn't promote this cryptocurrency, but instead spoke out against it or something. I don't know, but we'll see what happens uh, in these lawsuits. And again, you know, lawsuits are a little different than criminal charges because as we've said on this show, and I always explain to my criminal justice classes I teach, you know, the level of evidence is different. In civil court, you only need preponderance of evidence, which means literally if it's more likely true than not, they're guilty. You know, they say think on a scale of like a 51-49. If it barely tips the scale guilty, then you're guilty. Whereas we know in criminal court, we're talking uh, above and beyond, you know, beyond, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, beyond any reasonable doubt, I guess is the term I'm looking for here, is what you're, you know, the level of proof that has to be met. And when you're talking there, you know, they say it's easily over 90%. You know, proof beyond a reasonable doubt just means that you can't even have a reasonable doubt. It has to be beyond that. That's why a lot of times, you know, these white collar crimes, as I've said over and over again, and here they have to go the civil route because in criminal court, you know, sometimes the level of evidence is harder to prove and it's harder to prove intent talked about that in the last few weeks with the insider trading cases you know it's very hard to sometimes prove intent where somebody intended to defraud and then bail out but uh that's nonetheless what happens sometimes and uh that's probably uh unfortunately what's happened here and some of these celebrities may end up paying out uh tom brady's now ex-wife the model jigel uh jigel bunch and she is also been named in this lawsuit as well um, and apparently when they were married, the, the couple even starred in some commercials and some advertisements for this uh, FTX cryptocurrency. So, and there's a lot of other uh, actors and entertainers that are being named in some of these suits or at least uh, getting bad press from their involvement in it, which, you know, I don't know. If you're, if you're the type that would take your investment advice and invest in something slowly because a, a solely because an actor or an entertainer is endorsing it, I would, uh, you know, I would uh, be a little cautious on that too. I think uh, I would do a little more of my own research and again talk to uh, my investment advisors and people like that before I would uh, let an athlete or an entertainer determine what's going to happen with my investments. But. Uh, I guess a lot of people are mad saying that uh, Tom and Jigel had done a lot to help try to convince them to invest in this and now, excuse me, that people have lost everything. They are mad about that and uh, they're going to, uh, you know, try to get some money out of it. And, you know, with a class action suit, you don't know how much you're going to get. A lot of times it's not much. I've gotten a few pennies from some, uh, you know, from GM, from a ignition issue I had with a, a car that I had, a Chevy Cobalt years ago. Those had ignition issues and... I think I got like 16 bucks and there was an employer I worked for many years ago that got sued for taking uh, advantage of people on their paid breaks and I got probably somewhere like six or seven bucks out of that. The attorneys, of course, get very rich from these class action suits and that's what fuels them. But most of the time, the actual victims of these get 
little to nothing. It kind of reminds me of the movie The Jerk, and those old enough to remember the Steve Martin classic when, you know, the OptiCare goes under and he's writing out all these checks from the class action suit, you know, pay the order of John Williams, $1.09. The hilarious moment to me, one of my favorite uh, parts of that movie. And he's writing out that and, you know, $1.09. Of course, this was in like 1979 when that movie made, but I think that's the point of what uh, was funny about that, that, you know, people got very little, if anything, from that. And that's still how, unfortunately, a lot of times these, uh, Class action suits work, and we'll see. I know right now, if you have a radio, TV, or internet, any one of the three, you've probably been bombarded with stuff about the water at Camp Lejeune. And, you know, most likely who will make out the most on these, probably these attorneys that are filing these civil cases. But it looks like uh, Mr. Brady and some other celebrities, athletes, entertainers will be finding themselves in civil court possibly at some point, um, unless, you know, some type of settlement or something like that is reached. Now, Mr. Bankman-Fried is said to be cooperating with the authorities in the Bahamas. Uh, he is being under watch and care right now, I guess, so he can't flee. And most likely at some point here is going to be extradited back to the United States to go before Congress and possibly the SEC or the Justice Department. And this is possible because the United States and the Bahamas signed an extradition treaty back in 1990. So... You know, he's not in a country where he's completely safe from that happening. Sometimes uh, people will flee to other countries that don't have these extradition treaties. That way they can feel safe and not have to worry about being transported back. But he's not somewhere where that will happen. And, you know, a lot of rich people probably would flee to the Bahamas, which is probably why, you know, the United States government decided to make this treaty with the Bahamas back in 1990. So he could soon be brought before Congress before a hearing, and uh, they have said that the uh, United States Department of Justice and the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, both have opened up investments as well. Now, what will happen from this? Who knows? I don't get my hopes up that somebody rich or powerful, especially somebody as politically connected as Mr. Blankman, as Mr. Bankman-Fried is. I would not hold my breath that anything too serious is going to happen to him, despite the massive amount of fraud and money laundering scheme he seems to have gotten going here. You know, again, not just from investors, but you've got political, high important political people possibly involved, uh, a foreign government and the Ukrainian government. You know, we'll wait and see what plays out on this, but a lot uh, is looking like a lot of corruption at a lot of really high levels here. And... What will be the future to for cryptocurrency? Is this going to damage other cryptocurrencies and make people more hesitant to invest in these? As I've said, you know, we, wife and I, we've invested a little in these, as probably a lot of you listening to this podcast, but I hesitate to invest a whole lot in it and always have because it's just not a sure thing. But, you know, again, my investment strategy has always been to kind of spread things out. I don't trust any one thing enough to... Uh, you know, ride my ticket to, on the gravy train. So, you know, again, that's your individual choice as a listener. Talk to your investment person on what to do. But who knows, is this going to hurt Bitcoin and, you know, some of the other cryptocurrencies that are out there that are already struggling to, you know, stay afloat as of late? You know, the last several months have not been kind to cryptocurrency investments. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens on this. But, uh, they may suffer from this as well, even the honest ones that have had nothing to do with any type of money laundering or Ponzi scheme or criminal activity. And, 
you know, won't be sued in civil court, but the damage to their reputation and finances may suffer from this just as well. So we're going to keep an eye out on this case. Again, this is just now kind of breaking out and developing, and we are going to uh, keep a close watch on it. I'm sure we'll have updates down the road. Um, we will not have an episode, as I said, on uh, Tuesday the 22nd. That's a Thanksgiving week. A lot of people are with family and getting ready for busy activities, so we will not be having one then, but we will be having one the following week. We are going to cover one on the Elizabeth Holmes case that's broken out yesterday. Uh, the Another uh, young uh, financial genius and, you know, uh, business wizard that uh, has been sentenced to 11 and a half years in prison. Do a little follow-up on that next week. And we do thank you for being here for this one. And, uh, you know, follow us on our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. Uh, you know, if you need voiceover work, check out my website, ryan-horn.com. Uh, just have some recent audio books that I've done for We Here and uh, Beacon Audio Books. And this one's called In Danger of Judgment. That's just out now. It's on Amazon and Audible. So uh, appreciate you checking those out. And as always, adopt your next best friend at the pet shelter. Support your local pet shelter. They need you, you know, more than anything. As my wife likes to say, adopt, don't shop. Please help support those. And please watch out for your friends and family on these scams. There's plenty of Blankman Freeds out there waiting to rip you off. And they're going to live high on the hog while doing it and maybe possibly not even suffer that much of a penalty or punishment for what they do. So definitely keep an eye out for your friends and family, especially the elderly. Uh, stay warm out there and because uh, it is pretty chilly where I'm at, although it's supposed to warm up a little next week. But, you know, keep an eye on the elderly for that. And, uh, yeah, bring your pets in if you can when it gets pretty cold because, you know, they'll appreciate that too. But, uh Always check that out. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in next week. Uh, tell your friends about it. If you've got friends that are interested in white-collar crimes and, and hearing about cases where, you know, people get exposed that don't normally get exposure from the criminal justice system or the media, helping us shine a light on the crimes of the elite. So please help us keep doing that. And we thank you for the support you've giving us, given us all along here. So take care. God bless everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We will see you back on November 29th. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.